Welcome to Destination Church Belfast's weekly podcast. For more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also join us every Sunday morning at 10.30am at Mosley Pavilion. Now for the message. So, uh, another opportunity to share with you this morning. There are quite a number uh, enjoying themselves in France at the wedding of Peter and Ashley, who got married yesterday. So, yeah, that's... uh, And also, uh, there's a number of people who are sick and uh, have various uh, circumstances that that are keeping them away. But we're here, and we're together, and he's here with us. Apologies for the, the, the lack of heat. We're going to see if we can get that sorted out. Um, but uh, just, you know, cuddle up together or something. It's appropriate to the, the, the message this morning. Uh, this uh, message, if you are listening on podcast, you're always and also very welcome to hear us if you're catching up because you've been in France. Hope you had a good time. And uh, we are going to continue with our series, uh, Worship prioritizing his presence. And these are, are notes that come from the, the person who pioneered this, uh, which would be Dennis Bournes, who's the grandfather of, of the house. He's going to be here in three weeks' time. He'll be preaching. Comes in on the, the Wednesday, flies out on the Monday. We'll have a discipleship event in the, uh, where kids, kingdom kids meet on Thursday night. And uh, hope you can uh, come to that. We'll not have small groups that night, so with no excuse and get everybody together. Uh, so uh, we're using th- those notes. So at DCB, number one line of our vision statement, we want to prioritize God's presence in everything that we do. And worship has a destination. It's the presence of Christ amongst us. Psalm 22, 3 says, Uh, God inhabits the praises of his people. So we worship, he comes. We give him his place, he comes. Every time, every time. Now, we can, as John Wimber says, we can't make it happen, but we can't mess it up. So there are things that we can do which welcome him more, and there are things that uh, we do which basically go, you know, we're not really interested. We're too busy trying to do the next thing in our, in our worship service or whatever. But we want to take time. We want to seek him. We want to be after him. We want to prioritize his presence. Worship is expressed in a worship service, as this morning, but it's also expressed in how we live our lives. And the, de- the definition of worship is the endeavor of freely giving an expression of love to God. We want to grow in our liberty of expression of worship to God. And worship is our personal expression of love, of worship to God. We do that with our whole being. Mark twelve thirty says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Worship is a love thing. It's a love thing. And we're going to be banging on about that this morning. And the key verse of of what we are teaching in this series, or one of the key verses, key verse this morning is John 4.24, which is God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So what's meant by spirit and truth? He's not looking for worshipers in soul or in uh, pretense. 
He's looking for worshipers that worship him spirit to spirit. You can't fake worship. It's either real or it's not. So we've got to learn how to worship in spirit. That's with our spirit man. That's spirit to spirit because uh, God is spirit and what we give him needs to initiate from our spirit. And as we worship spirit to spirit, so there is spiritual formation and growth in us and blessing to God. And we worship in truth because worship can only be received from a spirit of truthfulness. 2 Corinthians three sixteen to 18 says, But whenever, one, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, unveiled transparency. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is Spirit. So what's the result offered in spirit and truth when we give our worship in spirit and truth? John eight thirty two. we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. We get personal freedom. It releases further profound freedom in worship as we become transformed more and more into his likeness, the destination, Jesus Christ. So let me read those, those verses again. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And today I want to focus in on that verse John 4.24 and just take out one piece and apply the dynamic of that. So God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So the Greek word for worship is proskunio, which means to come forward and kiss. The the, the Greek words are all uh, filled with word images and things like that. So the word image is to come forward and kiss. It's a love thing. So the message title this morning is Coming Forward to Worship. Worship, coming forward to kiss, is our personal expression of love to God. It's the act, it's the expression, it's the intention. And love to be loved must be expressed. So how do we come forward? How do we do that? Uh, So on Monday morning, uh, we had our third grandchildren, grandchild, uh, George, arrived at 8.08 a.m. at 7 pounds and 10 ounces. Okay, and we went up to the hospital later that day. I thought I'd get something for that, but obviously not. Uh, And we went to the hospital. There was a lot of activity and things. He got held in the arms. It's all, it it was wonderful, right? But when he actually came home from hospital, I had a little moment in the lounge with him. There's stuff going on. I walked into the the lounge and I was holding my arm uh, and I looked at him and I went, all right, George, because there's this this thing that I've experienced as a a grandparent where uh, Nancy Bourne's, Dennis's 
uh, wife came out with this quote, which I just think is great. You never think you're going to have enough uh, room in your heart for another grandchild. And then you get another grandchild, your heart just gets bigger, right? So there's no competition between uh, Noah and Charlie in my heart for George. It's just, right, George? And what's the natural reaction to having George in my arms? I just went down and I kissed him. Could smell him, could feel the softness of his skin. We, it's, a, it's a natural response that when we're in love, uh, we come forward to kiss. We express it physically, we express it with our heart. Uh, it's an expression of relationship, not the mechanics of religion. Too many people in uh, the body of Christ have got caught up in the mechanics and the machine of religion rather than the expression of relationship. And because of that, they are much, much, much less for it. So the first time the house of the Lord, church basically is mentioned in the Bible, is in Genesis 28, 17, and there's not a piece of anything anywhere. There's no physical expression of it whatsoever Jacob has a personal encounter with God and he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So when we worship, when we connect in relationship, the door opens and we meet with him. We meet with him this morning. We've already met with him this morning in worship. We've already met with him this morning in communion and we're going to continue to meet with him as we prioritize relationship, as we come forward to engage with him. It's the testimony of a love story. Now, Hollywood. This is, I always try to throw in a little uh, uh, film reference for Colin, uh, but they're going to have a whole stack. Uh, just Well, not a whole stack, but several. Hollywood have got this sorted out. They understand the dynamics of a love story. And the dynamics of a love story in the natural apply to our relationship because it's part of who we are. It's part of our whole being. It's how it works. So when Hollywood tell the story right and make it their cash cow, there are three things that they're looking for. They're looking for, in the love story, they're looking for vulnerability, which might look really stupid and foolish to those that aren't in the know because the person's in love. It involves sacrifice and it involves transcendent cause. He's the one, she's the one, everything else just fades into the... uh, miss the time into the darkness by the brightness of his beauty or her beauty, right? So, vulnerability or foolishness, not in hell. After all, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. (laughs) Jerry Maguire, gate crashes, End of the film, a gate crashes the women's group of separated, divorced women, walks into the room, and he goes, hello, I'm looking for my wife. Does a speech, finishes the speech, and says, I love you, you complete me, and I just, and she goes, shut up, you had me at hello. Vulnerability. Sacrifice. Oh, this one. It's the, okay, it's a waterfall. You, can, you have to listen very carefully. The light's not great. And there he is, stand there, last the Mohicans. And he says, Daniel Day, you're there? Daniel Day Lewis says, 
you be strong. You survive. You stay alive. No matter what occurs, I will find you. No matter how long it takes, no matter how far, I will find you. (laughs) Jumps through the waterfall and disappears. Sacrifice. And the third one, the transcendent cause of love from the notebook. I am nothing special. Of this I am sure. I am a common man. Here he goes. With common thoughts and I've led a common life. There are no monuments dedicated to me and my name will soon be forgotten. But I have loved another with all my heart and soul. And to me that has always been enough. And I can hardly ever read the words out. I can definitely not watch the film without crying like a baby. When those three things come together, I cry like a baby. Why do I cry like a baby? Because I get it. My testimony is that I've owned it, and I've said it in public before, and I say it again. My greatest human achievement to date, unrivaled and unsurpassed, is to have found a woman, fought for a woman, loved a woman, and kept a woman. Vulnerability, sacrifice, transcendent cause. So how are we at coming forward to worship? The act, the expression, the intention. The vulnerability, the sacrifice, the transcendent cause. Do we just like, Sunday morning, here I am. I'm in worship, all right, okay. Uh, I'm in small groups, right, okay. Chat, chat, chat. Uh, Okay, we're doing really worship, okay, all right. Uh, are we subjective to our bodies? Just dog tired today, actually. I think I've got maybe a bit of a sniffle coming on. Just really, not, I'm just not feeling it. Or our emotions, I'm not feeling it. I'm not in the mood. Or our thoughts, I'm distracted. I'm hyper vigilant about uh, what I'm thinking, what they're thinking, what they might think about me, what they're thinking about other things, what's going on, and your, your mind's all over the place. Or circumstances. Have you any idea? Have you any idea what's going on in my life? And I'm supposed to worship. I'm supposed to connect. Do we get knocked off course because of all those things that are going on in our heads, in our hearts, in our emotions, in our bodies? Here's a a couple of biblical examples for you. The children of Israel and Moses. Exodus 20, 18 to 21. This is after the giving of the Ten Commandments, all right? Uh, When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Distant respect versus intimate relationship. One ran in and one and the others ran away. The one that approached was Moses, described in Numbers 12, 3, and Exodus 33, 11. Now, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. 
And in Exodus 33, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So he was a man after experience, encounter, lifestyle of coming forward, experiencing and encountering God. James 4, 68 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. That's Proverbs 3, 34. Then it goes on, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Don't, 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 don't stand off at a distant respect not wanting to engage, wanting to just go through the motions of uh, religion and form without the connection of approaching, coming forward, coming near, and connecting in relationship. In the other versions it says, for come near to God and he will come near to you. It says, say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Or come close to God and he'll come close to you. Or move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. He's more willing to come to us than we are to him. Like the prodigal son and the father comes running to the son as soon as the son starts to move towards him. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to come after us. He wants to connect with us. Over the last uh, number of months, I've had a, a few uh, personal revelations uh, where I believe God has, has spoken to me. I've, I've been searching him for the plans and the way on and what's it going to look like. And he says, stay after me. Right? Uh, that's what he's interested in. He's interested in relationship. Stay after me. Stay after me and everything will fall into place. Or what about this line that he said to me, which, which was, I seek you not for what you can do for me. You do the same. So I'm there. I'm, God, you know, that was very, very religious there when he did those actions. I'm looking for a way on. I want to know, like, what's the next step? How does this work? How do we do this? Stay after me. Come forward. Stay after me. Get connected. Lord, I, I want to know, can you, can you just give me some sort of maybe detail? I seek you. I seek you, not for what you can do for me. You do the same. A call to relationship. A call to vulnerability. A call to sacrifice. A call to transcendent cause. So what hinders us from coming close? Right? Well, there's all kinds of things. Can be our culture, can be our personal experience in life, can be our religious upbringing, can it be uh, our worldview, can be what was modeled before us. But whatever it is, I, I have a, a sense that it's founded and manifest in three areas. One is we are fearful. We're, we're fearful. And we're, we're reluctant. And we're passive. And there are reasons why that, that has happened, uh, but that's the, the, the things that hinder you. You can talk it out uh, because it was the way I was brought up or whatever, but it'll fall into those three categories of reluctance. It'll fall into fear, and it'll fall into a, an expression of passivity. Just don't respond. Just don't connect. Just don't do anything. Just don't express love because love to be expressed needs to be expressed, but we're just, 
We're, we're not doing that. And we're hindered from coming forward and connecting. And then, of course, as we've talked many times before, there's the father image. What we understand in the natural of a father model and expression influences and hinders our ability to embrace who the father is. So what we find is that our subjective personal experience of our natural father competes and separates us from our understanding and our embracing of the objective truth of the Father who is the Spirit. Why should I come close to him? Can I trust him? Is he safe? Is he not going to condemn me? Is he not going to uh, uh, beat me or chastise me? I, I just can't live up to his expectations. And with those things, we do not move forward. What helps us coming forward? The very process of coming forward to worship. The process of the process. Come forward anyway. Bring your stuff anyway. Present yourself anyway in humility, in vulnerability, in transparency, in nakedness. Ooh, nakedness. Because the, the word uh, talked about where, where it talks about Moses approaching or coming near is very similar uh, and uh, alludes itself to the word picture of coming close in sexual intimacy. That level of connection, that level of transparency, that level of nakedness. And as we go in that very process, then we start to know the one in whom we have come forward to. We get to experience him. We get to encounter him. We get to know him. I mean, really know him. The know him of the, we've talked about this before, the yada in Hebrew and the gnosko in uh, Greek about really knowing ownership, one-on-one, intimacy, like Adam knew Eve. Again, a reference to uh, sexual intimacy of the oneness, that you know the truth. You know him because you've come forward and you've met him. Our destination is to become more like him, more like the destination, Jesus Christ, in spiritual health, in spiritual wholeness, in his maturity, and in his ministry expression. Back to 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. There is transparency. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom because we've connected with Him, we know Him, we know the truth, and the truth sets us free. And all we who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory, we are naked, we are transparent, we are vulnerable, we are connected, and a result are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, it was either last week or the week before, Colin talked about why we decide in the spiritual church context that we just get it. You know, I just get up and I'll, I'll, I'll present myself in worship and I'll encounter God and boom, there we are. We're one. I know all about him. Everything's great. But we don't apply that to anything else in life. That it's a process. And if we don't get it straight first time, we go, this isn't working, I'm going to stop it. We don't apply that to anything else. We keep at it. So in the process of the process, we grow, we learn how to move forward, we learn how to uh, uh, connect. And being fearful, being reluctant, being passive is displaced and replaced by love, life, and passion. 
love, life, and passion. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know, and that's the Yada word, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. So, whatever our circumstance, whatever we're going through, whatever we experience, if we have a relationship with him and we come forward to him and we know him, we know that he's faithful anyway. We know that he's good anyway. We know that he'll never leave us or forsake us anyway. We'll know that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord anyway. My current season in life is filled with a great poignancy of uh, tremendous joy and at the same time tremendous sorrow. Uh, Side by side, together, sometimes even in the same room. Well, what do you do with that? You could blame, you could uh, uh, try and work it out, you could ask questions why those two things sit side by side. Or in vulnerability and in sacrifice and in transcendent cause, we come forward and we go, I don't know. I don't know why this has to be. I don't know why it has to, uh, these things have to sit side by side. I, don't ha- I, I just don't know. And not even ask the question and just present myself because I know him and he's faithful and he's good and he's my father and he cannot be anything but faithful. So whatever your circumstance, whatever your circumstances, in this room, at the end of this podcast, whatever your circumstance, come forward. Come forward because there's nowhere else to go. Try and work it out if you want. Try and get the answers to your questions. Try and uh, make it happen. You work away there. How's that working for you? I would encourage you. I would implore you. I would beg you come forward. Come forward and connect with the one who loves you, the one who seeks to transform you into the image of his son so that you can do what he did. I couldn't do that. That's the package. That's the invitation. We just keep coming forward. We keep experiencing him in our vulnerability, in our sacrifice, in our desire for the transcendent cause, and we become changed and transformed. And from that, from that, then there becomes a fountainhead of love, life, and passion. He fills us. We express him in us as we have connected to him, as we have come forward and encountered him.
Nathan, will you? So how's your love story going? This is a journey. You can see it. You can see in the, the teaching that are that are even are in the uh, numbers of weeks that we've been just looking at the worship. We are becoming better at worshiping because we're we're starting to connect because we're being reminded of the fact we need to come forward. We need to press in. We need to get closer. We need to encounter Him. How's your love story going? How is your journey to the destination going? Are you? more in a place of distant respect or are you starting to really pick up pace, move towards and forward towards intimate relationship? Wherever you are in that spectrum, we want to be moving forward to him. We want to be going after him. We want to be seeking him for greater and greater connection because when we connect, we become real transparent and are transformed by his love and his presence in us, on us, and through us to those we meet, those we love, those we encounter. Please stand with me. So I am, as always we do here, going to ask you to come forward, but today particularly it is, are you willing to come forward? Are you willing to make that that step uh, closer to him. Even if you are hardcore uh, lover of Jesus, there's always more. There's always closer. There's always deeper. There's always further. There's always higher. Do you want to renounce? Do you want to get over? Do you want to get past? Do you want to leave behind fear, reluctance, being passive in your worship relationship with him? Do you need to lift the veil and come further, closer in transparency and in vulnerability and in nakedness? Do you desire more love, life and passion and the transcendent cause of he that would call you to experience that love, life and passion? If you can say yes to any of those questions, Please come forward. Come forward anyway. We want to worship. You've been listening to Destination Church Belfast's weekly podcast. For more information on our church, you can find us on the web on www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. Thank you for listening.